Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Caliper, your host for Vision Podcast, a podcast that explores news, topics, and information of interest to faculty, staff, and friends of the Mississippi State University College of Arts and Sciences. I'm joined today by Josh Foreman, an instructor in the Department of Communication, where he runs the annual storytelling competition, Story State. Josh, welcome to the Vision Podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited to have you on and talk about all the great work that you do and Story State. But first, I was hoping you could introduce yourself, tell our listeners about your professional experience and how you came to Mississippi State. Well, I'm a, a Mississippian by birth. I was raised in Mississippi. My family came here a long time ago. So I'm just an average Mississippi type person who I even went to Mississippi State. So I have really deep roots in Mississippi. My family came over around the 1850s from Tuscaloosa. So they were, I have, my family is an old Southern family that basically moved along the frontier and filled in the South when those areas were uh, being settled. So I grew up in the Jackson area and I did leave Mississippi for a while. Now, when I was at Mississippi State, I was a reflector editor and I worked for the reflector for several years. And that gave me my start in journalism and in storytelling. But I ended up leaving and going to Korea for about eight years, which, you know, I never thought I would do that. But once once I got over there, I loved it. And I loved living there, loved the culture. And I was teaching, which is something else that I've done for pretty much my whole adult life. And um, I was writing over there and I was taking pictures and I was working for a magazine. And so um, as far as professional experience, um, that's kind of how I grew as a storyteller by by writing in a journalistic way and um, doing a lot of travel writing, a lot of food writing and a lot of journalistic work. And then when I came back to Mississippi after about 12 years gone, I started writing narrative history. So, you know, as a journalist, you learn how to tell factual stories in a compelling way. And uh, I've always been interested in history. And I started working with my friend, Ryan Starrett on narrative history. And that's what I've been working on for about the last five or six years in terms of my professional work. Sure. Yeah. Great to hear that you have such deep roots here in Mississippi, which is, you know, known for as a storytelling state an artistic state and, you know, I'm glad that you got to travel and explore that career of writing. And I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed, no matter where you go, people are telling stories. And oh, so yeah. that's something that connects us all. And I'm glad that you could come back to state. And part of being a storyteller is helping other people tell their stories. And so um, I wanted to talk to you today about Story State, which is this event that you run so could you talk about that for a bit? What exactly is Story State and what are some of its different events? Mm -hmm. Story State is something that we do in the communication department. We try to find our great Mississippi storytellers and give them a chance to shine and talk to our audience, which is uh, stud our students, our faculty. And since we put the, our presentations out through our website and through YouTube, we really have an audience that reaches anywhere in the world. That's what we do. We try to find storytellers in many different mediums. You know, in the communication department, we have uh, common media studies, we have broadcast and print journalism, we have PR, we have theater. So we try to hit all of those areas, but you can't really talk about Mississippi storytelling without 
having a musician. So we always try to have at least one musician. You can't really talk about Mississippi storytelling without exploring the cultures that have contributed to Mississippi culture. So we try to get Choctaw perspective, Chickasaw perspective, and bring in as many different cultures within Mississippi as we can into the uh, event. But that's what we do. And um, just to give you an example of someone from the past who we've had that kind of resonated with people, obviously Mississippi's probably most famous art form, native art form is the blues. And we had Dwayne Burnside participate a couple of years ago. You know, Dwayne Burnside is the son, he's the son of R.L. Burnside, who's a legendary North Mississippi blues man. And so we got to talk to Dwayne and, and ask him, you know, what was it like growing up in Holly Springs? And um, is there any future for the blues? And just ask him all these different questions. And so uh, he, we, we visited him in Holly Springs. We recorded him and, and his video has been seen um, a couple thousand times. So we're reaching, you know, anybody who wants to learn about Mississippi blues is probably going to find this video of, of uh, Dwayne Burnside through YouTube. So Sure. Yeah, that's so great. I mean, it sounds like y'all are putting together an event for these professional storytellers mm -hmm. to share what they've learned and, and talk about their work. All types, like you said, I know that there's a lot of folk art that is represented there mm -hmm. um, and students can come and see that and, you know, learn about storytelling. And then connected with that, there is a student competition. Is that right? Where students yeah. are submitting. To kind of incorporate students into the event, we have a contest component every year. And we have written stories, oral stories, and then film stories. So we give, and we open it up to any college student in the state of Mississippi, including community colleges. And I even had a, a, a high school student who was taking those early admittance college classes, asked me if she could submit. And I said, yeah, go ahead, just send it in. Love so, um, they they get to submit their stories that they've kind of created themselves and we have a, a team judge them and we award prizes for each one of those. Last year we had Hannah Blankenship, who was a student at Mississippi State. She and her friend Georgia got in their car and drove to west of Starkville about an hour to this little town called Winona. And they had heard about Winona because it was there was this true crime podcast. Of, I believe it was Curtis Flowers who was um, convicted of a murder in Winona. And then, you know, this podcast host d dug into the conviction and said, you know, this guy was wrongfully convicted and made a very successful podcast out of it. So Hannah drove out to Winona and kind of documented her trip out there. And, and then she went around and talked to people and she was, you know, she wrote it in a very narrative style and in a very, um, sophisticated style about her exploring this town and her connection from listening to the podcast. So that's what won our prize for Master Storyteller last year, a really nice piece of narrative nonfiction. Yeah, and that's so great. I like that the event, you know, empowers students to tell their own stories. You know, maybe one year they come to the event and see these professional storytellers and take those lessons and then, you know, try to follow through with making some some kind of art. You know, it can be hard, but Absolutely. To, to take that first step and, and do it themselves, you know. So I think that's so great, such a great event. Storytelling is something that 
doesn't get the attention it deserves sometimes. So I like that. There's a, an, a whole event dedicated to that. And so, yeah, I think it's such a great idea. That's why I wanted to try to highlight it for people. And, you know, just related to that, I mean, how did Story State come to be? And what are what would you say are some of its main goals? Well, um, one of our professors in the department, John Ford, really had the idea for it. Probably it must have been six or seven years ago. And he actually got the ball rolling and started it. He called it the New Narrative Festival. And it was more of a, an in-person event. I came to Mississippi State just before the pandemic started. And of course, we could not have a big live event. So we ended up changing it to be what it is now. We changed the name to Story State. And we kind of focused on sitting down one-on-one -on -one with professional storytellers and, and then somehow bringing their wisdom to our audience virtually. So since I've been involved with it, we've done it virtually and we've had, we've tried to put, you know, we're, we're a pretty small time operation. We don't have a huge budget and we don't have a huge staff, but we try to put a lot of multimedia elements in the, into the presentations. And so that if you're watching a photographer like Kamal Bostic, who we have for 2023, you get to see his photos as well as listen to him talk. That's kind of how it got started. So Steve, there's another man named Steve Soltis who was in, in on it from the beginning. And um, he's actually a very successful executive in the business world or communication executive. And um, he has been helping us ever since I've been involved. And he, he'll usually interview someone from Virginia where he lives. So he he's kind of, we have that original voice still involved with the um, event through Steve Soltis. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to hear, you know, uh, y'all faced a major issue with the pandemic, but pivoted and mm -hmm. in, in ways it's helped it grow more, you know, you mm -hmm. can reach a bigger audience um, and it, it stays on the internet so people can come back to it. And, and that's such an interesting angle too. I know that you do have communication professionals at Story State. So it's both about the importance of storytelling but also the way it goes into like PR and branding mm -hmm. and kind of how you can incorporate those skills into a professional, the professional world as well, well mm -hmm. um, which is where communication is. I think it's right in that crux, you know, so, yeah. so great. We've had, we've probably done at this point about over 20 interviews that we've put up. So it's, it uh, added up, it's quite a few hours of, of interviews, but as far as branding and PR professionals go, we had Rick Looser was one of the first people we interviewed who is, if you're from the Jackson area, which you are, um, he's one of the most, if not the most successful PR professional in the state. Um, his ag agency, the CeeLo agency, is the, the agency that created the Mississippi Believe It campaign. So um, this is something that I saw when I was younger where, you know, Everyone in, who grows up in Mississippi, you you internalize all the criticism and all the, you know, all the number 50 in every list. And then Rick, and then Rick Lucer comes out and says this great campaign, which he did free of charge for the state. He said, yes, we wear shoes. Uh, so, some of us even wear cleats. He's got all of our legendary athletes in his campaign. And he did that for every single, you know, aspect of life in Mississippi. Of course, he had our great writers. He had our you know, civil rights uh, pioneers. And so he, when we interviewed him, he sat there and told the story of how he created this great 
um, ad campaign that was lifting up Mississippi. And it all started with where, when he was sitting on an airplane going from New York City back to Mississippi. And this kid said, are you from Mississippi? Well, what's going on down there? Do you all have, I think he said, do you have like cross burnings or is the Klan really active down there? And Rick Luster's sitting here going, this this kid from New York City knows nothing about Mississippi. So he created this ad campaign that really, I think it really, cre- it changed the national image of Mississippi, probably all by itself. Yes, I very specifically remember sitting in an English class and it having the poster, yes, we can read and some of us even write. Yes. Um, and that is so fascinating, you know, because that storytelling, what is the story of Mississippi? And it just shows the power of storytelling. It mm-hmm. influences reality and people's understanding of a place. Absolutely. Um, so just so it's such a good example of how all of those things are tied together. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's what we're dealing with here. And so I'm glad that y'all can uh, highlight, you know, these storytellers who are helping, you know, um, create an image of Mississippi, the good and the bad. So, yeah, that's just so fascinating. And he had a great idea and, and followed through with it. And it changed a lot of people's, you know, perceptions. And so maybe with that and just in general, what would, in your opinion, what do you think makes a good story and what can storytelling offer people in our day and age? Well, it's hard to really nail down to one thing, what makes a good story. But I think as a writer, that's how I approach storytelling. I think specific details are really important. If you can evoke an image or a smell or a, a uh, sound in in the reader's mind, then the, the reader's all of a sudden in that world. So I'll give you an example. My wife and I were riding down to Jackson a couple of days ago and the country song Strawberry Wine came on, which was, uh, you know, when I was growing up in the 90s, it was like a huge country hit. But the chorus of the song is like, it's like this, this, the sound, the smell is so sweet, like strawberry wine. And it's like 17, finding love under the moonlight and then drifting apart from that person. But it always comes back to that sensory detail of strawberry wine. And I was talking to my wife and I was like, you know, I've never, I've never had strawberry wine. I've never seen it. I've never smelled it. But yet that detail is so specific that I feel like I can smell it and taste it when I hear the song. And I was saying what a great song it was compared to all the not great country songs that you hear on the radio about drinking beer on Friday after you get your paycheck and going down to the river. And <laughs> for some reason, like, and I, and I can't remember her name, the person who sang that song, but we just looked it up. Her songs tell such an evocative story. And um, I think if you want to, like, if you want a good example of, of that kind of storytelling, you can listen to that song. It's, it's like so vivid. So that's what I would say as a, as a writer, but I wanted to mention like while we were, while we were doing this. So I was looking on Reddit and I love, I like Reddit. That's how I I like to, you know, see what's going on in the world. So I do a lot of scrolling on Reddit every morning when I wake up, you know, and, um, yeah. (laughs) So the King, right. The King yesterday was his birthday. Right. He would have turned 88, which is, you know, it's kind of not that hard to imagine that he might still be with us. The King, if he had not died early. And someone had posted a video of him with Frank Sinatra when they were both uh, young, you know, relatively young men. And Frank Sinatra was teaching Elvis how to how to ha- um, 
do the body language. So when you're one of those kind of like crooner type singers, like Frank Sinatra was, and he was, he was like lifting his shoulders up, Frank Sinatra and Elvis was looking at him and he started lifting his shoulders, like, you know, kind of like bouncing his shoulders to the music. And it was so mesmerizing just to see like Elvis was, is like, and I know I'm biased because I'm from Mississippi, but him next to Frank Sinatra, it's like, Elvis is the king. Frank Sinatra was just like second fiddle in this video. So I got my, I always have my picture of Elvis up on the wall. I don't know if y'all, if the, the podcast listeners can see this, but I'm holding up my big p- picture of the king that I have on my wall because he is the king. Like there was nobody else like him. He instantly captivates anybody who sees him or hears him. Yeah. And um, he's one of the great storytellers. He is a story. Like the guy is a legend, you know, when you say someone's a legend, like a legend is a story. It's like, that's how powerful he is. But we have to love the King and appreciate the King, but we also have to look around and see who's doing this now. Who's trying. And you, um, you made the point that Rick Lucer had the idea and then did something about it. Well, there are a lot of people in Mississippi right now who have these ideas and are doing things about it. And some of them are quite famous, like Dwayne Burnside is, you know, it's got quite a, quite a bit of notoriety as a blues musician. And some of them are much younger uh, and they have not quite gotten that notoriety or that fame yet. But I think one of the things we've done this year is we've found younger people than we have in the past, like professional storytellers. We, we have one that we've filmed this year named Six String Andrew Sullivan. And I was not aware of this this young man, but there was someone on the committee who knew of this young man. And I think he's he's a teenager still, 16 or 17. And um, he is he has taken on this mantle of the blues wow. and he has become this blues prodigy. He lives on the coast. And um, so he's finding notoriety as a, a teenager playing the blues. And let's go out and interview him. Let's help him achieve his notoriety and success. Kamal Bostic is another person that we're, we've interviewed this year. Kamal works for the Mabus agency in Tupelo, which is an advertising agency. And um, Kamal is a very talented photographer. And that's what he does for the Mabus agency. He's a portrait photographer and he does commercial work, but he has national galleries who are seeking him out. Can we put one of your photos in our gallery in Chicago and in Atlanta? Kamal's very talented He's not quite that household name yet in Mississippi. So let's help him achieve his success and achieve his notoriety and show people his work through our uh, Story State program. So those are a couple of the young people that we have this this year. And um, they may never be as famous as Elvis, but let's recognize that there are people around us who are doing this now not just people from the past who did things really well. Definitely. And it's a generational thing. I'm glad that y'all have more established people. But like you said, they're trying. And and mm-hmm. so this could be the the big break for them um, to get their story out. You know, these younger storytellers. And same thing with the students who apply. You know, this could be, this would be huge for them. I mean, Absolutely. they get the title of master storyteller. So such a confidence boost. Well, let, let me ask you a question. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but you're an English guy. You got, you know, you've studied English. Let's say you're a creative writer. When's the last time you heard of, of our communities in Mississippi 
finding a young creative writer and giving them a chance to share their work or putting them up on a stage to read their work. Yeah, it's hard to come by. I, I am a writer and it, it's hard, you know, it's hard to break into the industry. Everyone knows each other already. And so, yeah, but to to get this title or, or this yeah, accolade could exactly. be the thing you need. So I think it's I think it's when I was I went to graduate school in New Hampshire and it's a, you know, not like the art capital of the world, but they had a little scene where they did an event about every month called Read Free or Die, state motto of New Hampshire's Live Free or Die. So they would have writers in the community, all young writers come and just for for one night they would, you know, here's your 10 minutes to read your work. They would always have a crowd of, you know, 50, 60 people to just sit there and listen to these young writers. And I always thought that was like such a great thing for a young writer to be able to um, share their work in that way. And so that in my back of my mind with Story State is a little bit of that feeling of like, let's let some of these young people who are kind of getting started share their work in, in our contest, but also for our young professionals who are featured like Anna Wolf, you know, Anna Wolf, we interviewed a couple of years ago. I'm just waiting for her to win a Pulitzer Prize at yeah. this point. She's setting the news agenda, not just for the state, but for the country. Single-handedly, she's her investigative reporting. So yeah, and you know, give credit where credit's due. I mean, there's a lot of people doing that work. And yeah, just so good to be able to express yourself and know that people are listening. And then I think another big part of being a creative person is having that community to bounce those ideas off of and, and keep each other on it. Um, and so I think, you know, there's so many great things kind of tied up in this event. So I hope someone listens, you know, to this podcast or see the posts and, and attends. Um, you know, if, if you're interested in storytelling, if you won't, if you have a story to tell, you know, this is the right event for you. Um, and, and we want you to be here. Mm -hmm. yeah you don't even have to travel to start well you can watch the whole program virtually so that's right yeah. well thank you so much josh for being my guest on vision podcast well thank you for having me sure yeah I'm happy to do it and for our listeners if you have an idea for a podcast episode or have any questions about the show please email Karen Brown at kbrown at deanas.msstate.edu. Thanks for listening.